This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 264, Flashback, Avengers in 1998. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 264. It's our flashback to the Avengers in 1998 episode. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, this will be a bit of a truncated episode. Um... I've, I've, I feel like the last two months I've just lost track of my schedule. I've had so much going on in my uh, personal life, my work life, and everything that's basically not podcast-related that it's meant that the podcast keeps getting delayed. Uh, and again, I know that a uh, friend of the show, AJ Reese, would say, you're the only one who cares, Adam, and that's absolutely true. But I still do care, and so I'm apologizing anyway. Plus, I'm extremely Canadian. Um, so today's episode, we're going to be looking at Avengers comics published in 1998, back when there was only one main Avengers book. I'm not going to talk about the Avengers-related books, uh, of which there obviously are a bunch, uh, in terms of the Captain America at the time, Quicksilver, etc. I'm just going to be talking about the, the core uh, Avengers book itself, uh, as it's something that I started rereading this week. Um, there was a big comicsology sale on, on the 1998 run of Avengers, and I bought, I think, the first 35 issues or so. Um, Basically, I think I, I covered George Perez's uh, run in the book, and I didn't get the rest of it. I just when they they put out these amazing comicsology sales, but then they put out too much at once, and then I can't I can't I can't justify to myself doing it all. If it was over the course of like a couple months, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll pick this up, and then next. But you never know when the sale's going to end, or like when it's going to come back, or we're going to see that material on sale again. So I was like, do I want to get all fifty issues or so of Kirby Six Run? I'm like. I can't justify that. I'm in Canada, so that means like adding on another 25, 30% because of com- uh, currency conversion. So I was like, I-, I just can't do this. I mean, getting the entire run of that, I think 80 issues or 90 issues or so was like 60 bucks plus the conversion, like 75, which is still a great deal, but I'm like, that's a lot of money to drop all at once. So I ended up just picking up the uh, the George Perez run with Kurt Busiek, uh on on Avengers. And that got me thinking that I should do an episode about it. So um, we're going to start off talking about um, basically where the Avengers were when 98 started. Now, technically speaking, we're talking about the, the cover date. So the first Avengers book cover dated uh, 998 was actually in February 1998, which meant it came out in December. So a December launch for Avengers number one, which was the, the big debut um, of Heroes Return. Finally, they're back to the Marvel Universe proper. And... For me, this is kind of like one of my favorite renditions of the Avengers because it feels extremely classic. Part of that's because of the amazing George Perez artwork, but Kurt Busiek is also just such a great writer and has such a um, he really captures this kind of classic flair for the team. So when when you read this, it's interesting. Like you have 1997, well 96-97, you have Heroes Re- uh, Reborn, which is very of its time. And even if you go before that. The Avengers had kind of a, a rough, very 90s turn up until Heroes Reborn. Um, and then when they come back, everyone's in the, kind of their proper or more classic-looking costumes. Thor is back to wearing like kind of his classic look. Like Everyone's looking classic again, and what better time to bring a kind of a, a, a creative team that can really tap into this very iconic feel for the Avengers. And that's what you kind of get with the first issue that came, that again, covered it in February. Uh, which has a fantastic cover, which, unfortunately, digitally, you don't get to see the wraparound cover, which is terrible. Um, it's a fantastic cover. Uh, so many characters are on this on this wraparound cover. Um, you know, basically, almost, I think, every Avenger at the time. Um, 
It's very, very cool. Jared, again, George Perez is just a phenomenal artist. Some of my favorite renditions are when I close my eyes and I don't think of Quicksilver, I think I can see this Quicksilver. Like, there's just something about the way, especially he's drawn on this cover. If you can find the cover, it's at, uh, I'm looking at a particular version of it on comics.org when I searched Avengers. Uh, everyone, again, very looking, very iconic, uh, looking kind of the way they should. Uh, and this first issue is kind of bringing everyone back. And it's interesting to look at it now. I mean, it's very of the time. It's, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, you know, basically the first few pages are just kind of saying, like, there's this big threat that's suddenly showing up and attacking all the Avengers. And, you know, the Avengers are just returning here as return. They weren't a full force yet in terms of the team. So this was kind of to bring them all back together. You needed to have something that would threaten all the Avengers um, together. And so when you first actually see the Avengers inside the mansion, you kind of see these smaller panels leading up to kind of, I guess, the money shot of Iron Man, Captain America, uh, Giant Man, and, um, and the Wasp just kind of hanging out, having some tea with, with Jarvis, wondering what's going on, why, why all these people are being attacked by, um, by you know, what they believe to be as guardian kind of, uh, not necessarily trolls or just assorted monsters. Suddenly, we have Thor shows up, and this was. I mean, when this came out, you got to remember, this is you know, it's end of '97, early '98. Uh, Heroes Return just happened. Thor did not get a title right away, so you had four titles launch when Heroes Return started. You had Thor, um, Captain America, who showed up in Japan. You had Iron Man, and who had to kind of explain why he was back from the dead. And you had Fantastic Four. And then you had um, Avengers. So Avengers was, they staggered the releases. I can't remember which one came out. I feel like it was Cap and Avengers came out like in December. And that November was um, uh, FF and Iron Man. But anyways, they staggered it. So um, they didn't all come out in the same month. Uh, or maybe, yeah, I think FF and Iron Man came out in the same month. So I might be a little bit off. But I think it was Cap and Avengers in the second month. Anyway, so it's just kind of interesting to see how that works. Uh, when this kind of title happens. Um, and, and technically, I guess, there's a little bit of an inconsistency with uh, Captain America having his shield when, considering how he loses it, I think before he even gets back to North America in his own book. But this first issue is just kind of about setting the stage for the Avengers deciding to, you know, the cry out, Avengers assemble and calling in all the Avengers. And they mean everyone. So, I mean, this is just... If you, I mean, I remember picking this up, and I hadn't really, I'd read maybe one or two issues of Avengers during Heroes Reborn, but this was very exciting to kind of be on the ground floor of the Avengers reassembling. Um, so many different characters. I mean, this is the type of thing that George Perez does better than almost anybody, is these giant group shots of just having everyone in there. It's very clear to kind of pick out who everyone is, and uh, everyone's kind of having their own conversation, and it's a busy-feeling issue, but again, it, it works. Um, as they, you know, kind of assess that everyone's arriving and uh, having to kind of uh, assemble everyone together. Um, again, Thor had disappeared after fighting Doctor Doom and Heroes Reborn, the return number four. Um, he comes home, goes to Asgard, finally, finally shows up in Asgard. Everything's been ruined. Um, he's finally able to kind of find his way home. The Twilight Sword is being um, uh, messed with. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff here. Uh, and it's just a fun, fun issue. You got Mordred the Evil, you got Morgan Le Fay, there's tons of action and adventure. Um, you know, Morgan Le Fay trying to use the Twilight Sword and the chaos magic of, uh, of Scarlet Witch, of who 
Kerbiusik would do a lot of work with to kind of be able to reshape, um, you know, the world. And that leads you kind of into the second issue, which, again, such a kind of fun, cool concept. Even at first cover, I mean, there's so many people on it as the Avengers have all been kind of middle, e- uh, sorry, middle, uh, middle ages, turn into middle ages kind of counterparts or renditions of their of themselves. So instead of being the Avengers, now they're the Queen's Vengeance. They're working for Morgan Le Fay. Um, you know, Scarlet Witch has been used to kind of create this world. Not everyone is necessarily, you know, perfectly. Um, Cap, you know, and captivated. In fact, Captain America, of course, is one of is the first one who's able to kind of break free, and he's able to kind of convince uh, Hawkeye to remember. And again, it's kind of this fun alternate kind of reality story where everyone thinks that they're part of this, you know, medieval culture, but in fact, they're being manipulated by Morgan Le Fay. Uh, of course, Captain America is, you know, the, the first one to be able to figure it out, and he's trying to convince the other Avengers to kind of make them remember and then turn against Morgan Le Fay, which is just really cool. What's really cool about the end of the second issue, though, uh, so you have a lot of fun stuff with Avengers fighting Avenger, uh, obviously misunderstandings ensuing. It looks cool because, they, you know, you can kind of tell who everyone is, but they're all in these, again, Middle Ages versions of each other, which just it looks badass. Like, it just, it just looks like uh, George Perez was just having so much fun with all the kind of the period garb. And at the very end, you have Wonder Man show up as he's being kind of... Um, uh, manifested or brought back to life by Scarlet Witch, which is also really cool because, again, going back to what happened before Heroes were born, you had, you know, Wonder Man had died during the Force Works, and again, the, the renditions of these characters are very clean cut and very, you know, late 90s that they're trying to kind of make everyone look more iconic. Whereas when he died, he had the kind of think of mullet. Uh, Scarlet Witch looked not, I'm not going to say mannish, but they were making her look, um, a little bit less feminine at certain points in the mid '90s. Um, like at one point, she had like a really sexy costume, but they also gave her some really odd costumes in kind of the middle. So again, here she's got a very kind of classic outfit. Wonder Man showing up. Um, I mean, these first three issues are just such a fun, fun uh, series. Or kind of a romp. Again, you have every Avenger ever is basically part of this adventure. So they're fighting each other. They're fighting more than the Fae. Everyone's kind of doing a very, you know, we believe in you, Wanda, kind of moment to stop Morgan Le Fay, which is very cool, but then you've got, like, 39 Avengers, so what do you do next? Uh, I apologize if I'm going through it a little quickly, but these issues do read, I mean, they're, they read quickly in terms of the actual action, in terms of the actual dialogue, etc. Obviously, they move a little bit slower, and that's kind of indicative of the period. Um, but, uh, again, these are fun issues, we're already through what, February, March, April. So issue number four, I loved as a kid. I don't know what it was about it, but something made it like just my, one of my favorite issues. I remember I picked up issue one, somehow missed issue two for the years. And then I, I, I remember going to like a con and it was expensive because they only had like the alternate cover. Uh, but I had issue three and then I had issue four and issue number five. And that was it for long, many years because um, I was you know starting to pick up Cap. I had to drop Cap. I just couldn't afford it. I mean, I was... I think 15 years old, and no, I was 14 years old, so I had very few books I could actually pick up, but I remember starting a bunch of these during Heroes Return, and I always wanted to come back, and then years later, I would be able to pick up, you know, these larger trade paperbacks, and just loving Kurt Busiek's run, and wishing that I had kind of followed it through and had all the singles when they had first happened, because it was just such a great run. Uh, in cover date, May 98, we have uh, Who Will Be the Avengers, and I remember as a kid, again, I 
I think I read maybe this issue before even issue one, but I didn't know that Flint Marco and the Sandman had the same haircut basically as Norman Osborn at the time. So I remember being like, what? Norman Osborn's going to be an Avenger? What the fuck? And obviously that was not the case, and I was just a stupid kid. Um, this, again, is a fun kind of done-in-one issue where the idea that you have so many Avengers, they have to pair down the team. There's, you know, there's Whirlwind is on the loose, and then suddenly, you know, a, a whole crapload of Avengers show up trying to take them out, and they just basically run into each other and cause a giant... Um, embarrassing scenario um which again i i really like the way that kurt busick and george perez um both write and illustrate hawkeye i think it's part of what started making hawkeye one of my favorite characters just seeing how they handle them in this book um especially in this particular issue i mean he i like you know he is one of the you know leaders he'd led the west coast avengers and here he's kind of taking on more of a leadership role um we are introduced to a new character at this point, Duane Freeman, who's the new uh, federal security liaison for the Avengers. Um, Cap at this point now has his triangular shield as he lost it in Cap America number two. So they're kind of following up on current continuity at this point, And they start deciding, okay, who's going to be on this new roster of Avengers? And they're like, well, we have so many people. I'm sure it's, you know, we're going to have to cut some, make some hard cuts. And then suddenly all these people start, you know, leaving or they got to be inactive. Uh, Cap decides he's going to be active. Iron Man's active. Thor... Um, is going to be uh, active for the most part. Um, Hank and P Janet decide they're going to be inactive. Um, the Vision's body was injured in issue three, so he's being uh, rebuilt in kind of a nutrient bath, so to speak. And um, it's interesting, for a while, Vision isn't really that active a member of the Avengers. He's able to pro project a hologram anywhere within the mansion, but he can't really do much else. So he's not really a physical presence, but very much a mental one. And him and Wanda, have a, I mean, they when he was rebuilt in the what, late 80s, early 90s, they, they were kind of divorced because he was effectively dead. But here we got the idea that, you know, he still harbors feelings for Wanda, and Wanda's definitely kind of having a, a tough time with this. Um, a sidebar, Hercules' costume at this point is stupid looking. He's got a weird, like, I don't know, metal cowl thing, kind of like Gambit's, but it's like, why is he wearing this? Because he's not even wearing any other clothes, he's just got the helmet or headpiece, I should say, and then he's got, like, this weird kind of, I guess, kind of like a tank top, but not really, and just with, a, like, showing a lot of bare chest and bare arms, and it's just kind of almost like a, I don't know, reverse toga? It's it's a strange look, um, and he's got, like, metal pants. Stupidest look ever. Uh, at this point, Miss Marvel, who is, it's interesting that they had her so much doing kind of, um, a binary look at the first issue or two and then here she's kind of they're not doing that with her anymore and they said they're kind of looking at her powers and that's going to lead into what Busick does with her for the first year uh is dealing with uh, wonder man and can she summon him again again more and more pages of everyone kind of leaving the avengers um and weird groups too you have like tigra riding on top of uh star fox as they fly off with moon dragon which is super strange um they start a subplot with Carol Danvers maybe having an alcohol problem, which she definitely does. Uh, Justice and Firestar decide that they're going to take off and go up against Whirlwind and take him down, which is a really cool sequence. Um, and then the question is, what's going to happen with Hawkeye? And Hawkeye has taken off to watch the new kids, Justice and Firestar, take out Whirlwind and basically promising, promises them a chance to be on the team, which is going to bite him in the ass because once he gets back, it turns out that there's only one spot still open, the one for Hawkeye, um, even though he's kind of promised these kids a chance, 
And he's like, well, can we at least make them, you know, reservists or can they take my spot? Or And we're seeing more shades to Hawkeye at this point, which will eventually be uh, expanded when he leaves the team and goes to join the uh, Thunderbolts. Uh, but instead they decide to make, um, as reserve members, Justice and Firestar, elevating them to the big time. And then the team goes out and decides to, you know, kind of pose for the cameras. And so we have a new squad at this point of permanent members, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, the big three. Uh, then you got Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, uh, Warbird. I guess I think she's Warbird at this point. Yeah, um, Vision, and then the Reservists, uh, Firestar, and uh, Justice. Which I always liked that they were kind of brought onto the team. Uh, the next issue, which would have been in June, so uh, we're almost you know halfway down the year. We have uh, you're not the mighty Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. We are, and it's uh, the Squadron Supreme shows up, which whenever I think of the Squadron Supreme, as much as I, obviously they had a great, you know, uh, book by um, uh, Grunewald, and I can't remember the artist now, on that classic uh, Maxi series, I just, this was, I think, my first time I ever kind of came across the um, the Squadron Supreme, so this is always kind of the, the ones I look at and remember. Um, here we have, you know, classic misunderstandings. The Avengers try to help... Um, you know, a downed plane, they end up being confronted by the Squadron Supreme, who thinks that they're not the true Avengers, and so they have kind of a, a really cool fight. So you have Thor versus Hyperion. Um, you know, it's just a, a cool fight. Then you have Wonder Man show up, because uh, Scarlet Witch is able to kind of uh, to summon him. It's a, a very cool, and again, we start to get the idea here that there's, there's more going on than we realize. Um... The Avengers, you know, might be having to be put under arrest. Leads into the second second part of that storyline, Avengers number six in July, uh, where they have a nice knockdown drag out again. George Perez is really killing it on art here. I mean, the the quieter moments are he's really you know selling it, selling the team. Um, you know, this is probably again the most classic rendition of the Avengers I can think of uh, in terms of just the way they look. And all the action sequences are superbly illustrated. And uh, seeing, you know, these two teams going up against each other is really cool. Um, we find out that the Corruptor is actually the reason why, or one of the reasons why they've been going up against each other. Um, we start learning more about um, MS Champion, who famously has such a, a very cool uh, cigarette holder, um, or say Ash... Trey, I should say, which is actually a, an Ultron head, which is hilarious and very awesome. Um, and we also have, you know, there's starting to be a lot of issues with uh, Carol Danvers, and she's kind of acting out as well. We then move into a crossover with issue seven, but I'm only going to talk about the fourth chapter, which is called Live, Career, Die, um, which was big for Miss Marvel at the, or Warbird at the time, because obviously she was, has a Cree lineage there, and uh, this is our August book. We also see more of uh, Supremor, um, who's alive and well. Um, the Avengers are kind of wanting to maybe take off um, Warbird off the team because of her potential drinking. Everyone's kind of turning against her. She's really not having a good time of it. She's super upset with everyone kind of turning against her. And they're kind of summarizing what's happening in the rest of the uh, crossover as well. And she kind of decides, you know, forget this. I, I quit anyway. Um you have Wanda dealing with the fact that, you know, she can kind of summon Wonder Man and 
how she feels about that. You have everyone going up against these Kree extremists on on um, on the moon, which will then eventually lead up a little bit to where we see the Supreme War, etc., for Avengers Forever, which happens later. Um, again, the first seven issues are really big because just they end up taking where we're kind of out of circulation. That will end up mattering more in the Iron Man book as he tries to deal with that more and more. Uh, Busick at the time was writing both books, so it was easy to kind of have a continuity between them. Uh, issue 8 brings in Triathlon, who's a terrible kind of design choice. It also introduces a Silverclaw, who ends up being, I think, Jarvis's like foster, no, um, like pen pal, basically. Um, who's, but again, what's really fun about these issues is that you have, you know, Moses Magnum, um, you know, you're, they're just kind of introducing new characters, switching things up, um, you know, trying to push the characters in different directions. Again, you still have this big issue between the romance growing between uh, Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch, as well as the Vision kind of having this resurfaced uh, feelings and really trying, being a little bit upset about what's going on. Um, the next issue, we have the Avengers again going up against um, Moses Magnum, dealing with Silverclaw and Triathlon. The, uh, I mean, it's because of this the, these books that I actually am excited for. Um, well, I'm hoping that the 3D man that we're getting as a prime in the next year looks at uh, that we're actually going to have. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, 3D Man before that was a triathlon. I'm hoping we actually could see him as triathlon. Now, what happens here, which is big, is that Hawkeye decides to leave, um, and he ends up leaving the team and going to join the Thunderbolts, uh, which, again, Music was writing at the same time, so he was writing at least three books at this time. So it was just kind of cool to see him leave, and, uh, I mean, we'll eventually get to see him again um, when the Thunderbolts end up going up against uh, the Avengers. Uh, but that would be a little while before we get to see Hawkeye in the Avengers again. Um, issue number 10, always love the cover. Um, it's covered in November 98, and it's the Avengers having an anniversary celebration. And, of course, we have uh, the Grim Reaper show up. Um, at this point, we have Hank Pym having shown back up in a costume that kind of looks like his classic or a variation on his classic Goliath costume. Uh, Wasp shows up there as well. Um, kind of cool to see him. You know the teams together. There's a bit of a recap of their history. Again, more pages of uh, Busick kind of showing everyone together. We have a even a shot of the of the Avengers at the time. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny. Like what we we don't. No one's caring about our anniversary. Um, we we get to see more going on with Scarlet Witch and her kind of dealing with her own powers and going to see Agatha Harkness. Um, there's some great shots of like all the different villains. Like this is a smorgasbord of some of uh, Perez's greatest artwork. We get to see re great recaps of Scarlet Witches and Magneto's histories. Um, Busick had a great way of kind of mixing together the, the past and the history of the, of the team, and he, he did this often. And uh, I always thought it was just what I liked a lot of it was that it felt iconic and very reverential to the team's history. And Busick just understood continuity and loved using it. Like in the storyline, we have you know, all these dead Avengers being kind of resurrected briefly um, by uh, Grim Reaper, including Captain Marvel, Dr. Druid, Hellcat, Mockingbird, Swordsman, Thunderstrike, which is really cool to see. And then Wonder Man's kind of fighting all against them all. Um, and then we go into issue 11. And issue 11 is a fun issue. 
uh, where you have uh, the covers. Uh, first of all, 1998 Wizard Fan Award winner, favorite writer was Kurt Busiek. So that's uh, on the cover here. Actually, twice it's noted on this cover. Uh, and you have Earth's Mightiest Corpses, the Avengers, and then you have Wonder Man saying, yeah, we're dead, want to make something of it. Um, so again, you have the idea that the Avengers, and Avenger, the dead Avengers have basically taken over the mansion. They've got Jarvis abducted. Uh, they're being mentally con- kind of controlled by the Grim Reaper. Uh, Scarlet Witch trying to, you know, try and stop this from happening and kind of reach into uh, Wonder Man and get him to stop. Uh, the Avengers having to kind of uh, free themselves as well as be able to uh, convince the dead Avengers to kind of turn against Grim Reaper uh, before they end up again being going back to uh, to, to being dead. Um, again, very very kind of cool. And again, throughout this first year, you have so much is being developed with Wonder Man and um, and and uh, Wanda getting closer and closer, and you have Vision really having a problem with that. And uh, that won't come to a head yet, but it will come to the head. You know. Uh, a few year, like a year or so down the line, but again, this is what comics used to be when they weren't just packaged into six issue arcs. Is that you had an ongoing subplots? I mean, the whole Carol Danvers thing was kind of simmering throughout. You had you know Hawkeye leaves, like people are leaving, new characters are showing up. They're going up against classic villains like Moses Magnum uh, and the Grim Reaper. I mean, again, this kind of felt not like the greatest hits because there's no Kang at this point. Although in Avengers Forever, which I think happened around the same time, you get more than enough Kang forever as well as Immortus. There's no Ultron yet. Obviously, that'll happen in the second year uh, of B6's run. Um, but there's just there is so much going on and really reestablishing why the Avengers are Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And uh, it just was something that was sorely missed in the early half of the 2000s. Not that all those Avengers books weren't good, because some of them were actually really fun, but, and, but they were... They were... They used a lot of kind of odd characters, and this felt much more like... If you think about it, what, 96, 97 is when um, uh, Grant Morrison started writing JLA, and that started to be, you know, very kind of classic rendition of the characters uh, in terms of, like, the big seven Justice League, at least in the first arc. This is kind of what Kirby Six Avengers felt like. It was very, these are the classic Avengers the way they're meant to be. Um, anyway, so that that is the first year of uh, Kirby Six Avengers. Not quite, because I didn't talk about issue 12, but that's 999. We're going to talk about that another time, which is a great issue because that's the return of Hawkeye. Now he's leading the the Thunderbolts, and uh, it's a really... And plus, finally, after, you know, what, issue 3, Vision's body was damaged, so 4 to 11, that's, what, 8 issues without uh, Vision actually having a presence in the field, and finally he gets a body back in issue number 12, and that will be something we'll look at when I do our next spotlight or, sorry, flashback to Avengers in 999 at that point. So thank you for listening to this episode, episode 264. Next episode will be up in a few days. That'll be our reviews episode for comics that came out on the 22nd of April. Um, Looking forward to uh, upcoming episodes, we're going to have an episode 266. uh, will be our Avengers Age of Ultron episode, talking about the movie. Um, Episode 268 will likely be an episode talking about Daredevil with um, a Daredevil guru from the internet. Uh, we'll announce it another time, or just announce on that episode. Um, two six or two, I guess two seventy will likely be a, a, a conversation with uh, Dan Jurgens or Jurgens, and then uh, 
I guess, 274, we, uh, an episode uh, doing a conversation with Chuck Dixon. Um, so there's two exciting uh, interview episodes coming up as well. So I hope you're looking forward to May because the Comic Shenanigans is going to have some great episodes. So thanks again for joining me, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Wait, hold on. I haven't even told you how, you how you can get in touch with us. If you want to get in touch with me and the show, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and post in our HC Realms, HC Realms thread whenever that might go up. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye, for real this time.